LifeSpring number 155. Do I hear four? Lima, Sierra. 155. Cabin crew, prepare for immediate departure. Quiet on the set. Quiet, people! In three, roll tape. Two, rolling. One. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Eh, probably so if you've been around for a while. It's <laughs> fun. Live from our studio. Oh, yes. And now, your host. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning of year number four of hitting you right between the ears with a message of hope, love, and good news. Hey, does this sound familiar to you? Uh, if you've been around for a while, it just might. Hitting you between the years with the message of hope. Hello, and welcome to Calvary Temple Assembly of God in Riverside, California. We want to tell you about the one who loves you unconditionally and who gave his life for you, Jesus Christ. Here you'll find music, conversations, and reasons to believe. I'm your host, Steve Webb. What an exciting new medium this is, the phenomenon of podcasting. I think back to the time when mass media first started. That was with the uh, printing press, the Gutenberg Bible. God's Word was the very first thing that was put into mass production. Well, as I've been looking across the, the podcasting landscape, as it were, I've seen that there really isn't very much yet available that talks about the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ in your heart and in your mind and in your life. Oh, man, that's almost painful to listen to, isn't it? <laughs> but that is how LifeSpring started, my friends. I recorded the first several months of the shows in the sound booth at the back of the church that I attend, which, as you heard, was called Calvary Temple Assembly of God. It's now called LifeSpring. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> anyway, I knew almost nothing about what I was doing back then. Now I record from the comfort of a little studio that I set up here in my home, and I know just a smidge more than I did then about recording, but that's only by the grace and the goodness of God. I'm recording this just a day before the American Thanksgiving Day, which is appropriate since this is the third anniversary show. Um, we're going to spend just a few minutes acknowledging this milestone, then we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about what's ahead, and then I'm going to introduce a new feature for the show that came to mind as a result of receiving an email from a longtime listener and a friend by the name of Matt. The feature is called Going Deeper. But before we tackle that, let's just take a very few minutes to look back at the past three years, and then I'll let you in on uh, what is in the immediate future as well. So, Well, Steve Webb, you old dog you, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I'm like two or three years younger than you, I think. This is Paul the Music Lover, and I wanted to check in here real quick and acknowledge your third anniversary. You know, that in itself really doesn't seem all that impressive, but when you think about you're over 150 LifeSpring shows now, and you add in all the other programs, the Weekend Music Show, the Family Bible, Adventist, and on and on and on. You must have like three or 400 shows out there, and uh. it just re represents a tremendous amount of work. I wanted to stop in here real quick and thank you for your three years of service to this ministry. Thank you, you know, Paul. as important as the spiritual line between us that makes us brothers in the Lord— there's a second spiritual line between us that makes us friends, even though we've never met. And I've become to uh, come to really appreciate that friendship. 
Blessings on your brother, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, Paul, thank you very much. That was very, very nice. Uh, I have to to correct you, though. How do I say it? You're about half right on the amount. (laughs) We're over 720 shows. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how many it is, but it's over 720 and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a painful thing even to think about when I think about all the hours. But I don't think about the hours. I just do it. So but what started is that little humble seven minute and 19 second show, that debut show on November 13th, 2004, is now a whole family of shows. And uh, Paul mentioned some of those. Of course, right now, the show that takes the most amount of time is the LifeSpring Family Bible, where I'm reading through the entire Bible in one year. The other shows in the family have taken a back seat for the past several months because the Bible takes so much effort and so much time. You know, you look at that and you say, well, Steve, come on, that's only like uh, an average of, what, 15 minutes a day on a show? Well, that's true. The finished product is 15 minutes, but to read the Bible, I mean, I want to make it so it's letter perfect as much as possible. So it takes me a lot longer to record it and then edit it and get it up. And so, you know, that's okay, but it does take a lot of my time. And uh, so the other shows have suffered a little bit in terms of regularity of output, and some of them I haven't output in several months. But uh, when 2007 is over, the Bible will go into reruns, and then I'll be getting the other shows back into a somewhat more of a regular schedule. For those that aren't familiar with the other shows, I encourage you to head over to LifespringMedia.com to take a look. Uh, there's hymn stories, In Touch with God's Character, Your Wedding, Your Way, Weekend Music Show, and lots of others to check out. Matter of fact, I think there's about a dozen shows. Oh, and you may have noticed the new URL there, LifespringMedia.com. The old URL still works, but I've gotten LifespringMedia.com and .net because even after over three years, there are still people who think that you have to have an iPod to listen to a podcast. A lot of people never use the RSS function of podcasts, and so they're not really listening to podcasting at that point anyway. So in order to help bring more people into the fold of listening to these uh, downloadable audio shows, uh, some of us in the podcasting world are using the word podcast a lot less, and some of us are even dropping it. You don't see, you don't, you, you don't hear me say podcast very often. And uh, it's just because we, we don't want to turn people off. We, we don't want to run people away when we say podcast. Oh, I don't have an iPod, so I can't listen. So a lot of people listen on their computers or watch videos on their computers. So at that point, like I say, it's a downloadable audio show. And then we're producing some video and we're going to be producing more of it. And I'll tell you more about that in a couple of minutes. But, you know, I never liked the term vodcast or video podcast. So I'm producing online videos that can be watched online or downloaded to your computer and transferred to your portable device. So what we're producing now is just media, plain and simple, media, audio and video. So lifespringmedia.com is the place that I'm going to be talking about most of the time. You can still go to the old one, lifespringpodcast.com. I've even got lifespringradio.com. And then, of course, there's the good old lifespring.tv. And uh, when you go to lifespring.tv, you do go to the website that is only video. Let's go back to the past for just a second. I've been so blessed to be able to have some fantastic guests on the show. And these are some that I could remember. I, I just wrote down real quick. 
obviously not least, but the first one that came to my mind was George Beverly Shea. George, of course, has been with the uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association since the very beginning, and uh, we had a great time talking to him. Talked to Adrena Thorpe, we talked to Brian Duncan, we talked to Jimmy Bratcher, Susan Gray, Mark Lowry, Michael Franzies, the Mafia guy, Rob Coslow. Uh, Rob did his very first podcast interview right here at LifeSpring. Uh, Adam Curry, Greg Federico, Rob Morgan, Jeremy Yoder, Waba, uh, Carmen Tyler, who recorded a very special version of Silent Night for us for the Advent show. Talked to Al Davis, a personal friend of mine who's in charge of the chaplaincy program at Chino Penitentiary for Men. Talked to my own pastor, Steve O'Brien, and my senior pastor at the time, Mel Bennett. Rosie Greer, formerly of the uh, the uh, Fearsome Foursome with the L.A. Rams. Um, Brad Rhodes, who was a listener who uh, joined Missionary Aviation Fellowship just recently. Uh, Rev Tim, Jeff Roney, Bill Ajo of Clear Play, great product. Uh, Kathy Brixie, a friend of mine who's gone through cancer and MS. And uh, Dave Morrow, a brand new Christian. So we've talked to a lot of, lot of different people and had a great time doing it. Introduced some fantastic artists to podcasting. Jimmy Bratcher, uh, not the least of them, and uh, lots of other ones. And so we've had a good time. A lot of great people sent emails in congratulating us on three years. We had Davey from the UK. We had uh, Cubmaster Chris, Bill Palmer of Iprong, Brian Ibbett of Coverville, Podcast Junkie, Craig Patchett, who was the founder of the Godcast Network, of which I was a part for a, oh, over a year. And uh, Craig is a good friend of mine. And uh, another one, Bull City Bob, sent in a happy Thanksgiving or uh, happy th- happy anniversary as well. Uh, lots of others, and I just really, really appreciate all the the good the good well wishes. And uh, you people mean a lot to me. Let's listen to this one. Hi, Steve. It's Ed here from Portsmouth, and I just want to say congratulations because next month will be your third year of the Life Spring podcast. So well done for that. I know especially this year you've had some ups and some downs. I just want to say well done for carrying on through all the tough times that have happened recently. And I look forward to many more years of the Life Spring podcast. Bye. And thank you for that, Ed. Yeah, Ed's from the UK, in case you couldn't tell. And uh, he sent that in over a month before the anniversary show, so I've been holding on to that one for a long time. It's been good, but there's a lot ahead of us as well. We'll be talking about that at the end of the show. But enough of the reminiscing. Let's look forward. Let's press onward. Let's go ahead. Let's go deeper. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a battle. There are forces in play all around us. They want us weak and ineffective. They want us cowardly and defeated. They want us to shut up and sit down. Well, Jesus is calling us to more. He's calling us to an exciting and challenging life of growth and effectiveness. Are you satisfied with where you're at? Or do you want to go deeper? Do you want to know him more? In John 14, Jesus said that we would do even greater things than he did. Well, how's that possible? Do you want to go deeper? Do you want to meet the enemy head on? Do you want to make a difference in your world? Jesus is calling us to join his special forces to go deeper. He's calling us to become his agents. The enemy is doing everything possible to defeat you and to make you ineffective. 
Don't fall for his lies. God has given us everything we need to withstand the wiles of the enemy, to be victorious, to break down strongholds, to go in a new and better direction. He's told us how to go deeper, how to be strong. Are you willing to do what it takes? Let's talk about going deeper. First off, I want to thank Matt for writing the email that sparked the idea for this part of the LifeSpring show. Here's part of Matt's email. Matt says, you use the term deep end a couple of times in life spring number 154 and since much of my weekend was spending time with family the term sparked some old memories we traveled quite a bit as a family on evangelistic tour singing and preaching so at age eight we hit most of the 48 states and spent a ridiculous amount of time crammed into a small camper the ac was almost always broken and after a full day's travel we always hit the pool or a pond in some cases at the rv park where we would park Of course, first came our chores, setting up and hooking up, but inevitably, Mom would start prepping dinner and Dad and my dad, sister, and I would go swimming. This is where I learned to really swim, and I remember the complete terror I felt over the deep end. I imagined all sorts of big fish, sharks, snakes, and etc. that lurked below, but one day I got up the courage to jump in. At first, it was a big disaster. My ears filled with water, and I panicked. I tried to scream, and I swallowed a ton of water. I tried to work toward the surface, but was blinded by my fear and was sure that I was going to drown. Suddenly, my father had dropped in next to me and dragged me to the surface. Of course, that fear kept me from learning to dive and getting in the deep end for a couple of weeks until one day my dad grabbed me and threw me in. Then he followed, kept me calm, and I quickly lost my fears. Soon, I was swimming independently of my dad's help or oversight. My confidence replaced my fears. Today I have no fear of swimming, yet I constantly struggle with getting in the deep end with real-life issues. Do I change jobs? Do I build a new house? Do I go deeper with Christ? What are the ramifications? Sometimes I'm too confident, leaping before looking, and soon find myself underwater. Sometimes I'm way too fearful to leap, trying to rationalize all the potential results and forget that our Holy Father will always be there, always watching over me and always waiting for me to turn to Him. He says, thanks again for your ministry to me and your listeners. I know your intent was to reach those that are seeking and perhaps more secular, but God has used your podcast and your friendship to reach across the internet and into my secular job and to be a refreshing inspiration. Matt, I cannot tell you how much this email meant to me. Uh, Obviously, I've been thinking a lot about it since I am beginning a whole new feature on the show because of what you've said. And thank you for what you said at the end. But, you know, we all face those fearful times, don't we? I mean, I can completely relate to what Matt is saying here, and I'm sure you can too. But God is not a God of fear. So many times Jesus said, don't be afraid or fear not if you're more used to the King James Version. The only fear we should have, and that's not even really a fear, is a healthy and irreverent respect for God. After all, He deserves it, right? We needn't actually fear Him if we know Him. Look at all He's done for us so that we can be close to Him. That's not a God to be afraid of. So to continue, going deeper. 
During these segments, I'm going to challenge you to do some things that you may have never done or to do more of something that you have tried but haven't given yourself completely over to. Why? Well, because for some of us, it's time to grow up. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, you've had the milk, but it's time for some meat now. Some of us might already be on a diet of good solid food, but we want to kick it up another notch. But no one has been there to give us the impetus to move on. So let this be that spark for you. Let God speak to you through this. As I challenge you, I will be challenging myself. We all tend to reach plateaus, and well, to tell you the truth, I've gotten a little tired of the scenery on this plateau. You ready to move on with me? Let's go deeper. On this, the inaugural segment of Going Deeper, I'm going to talk to you about giving. Hey, I told you it was going to be a challenge, right? Why not start with something that is really hard? For some of us, giving is one of the hardest things in life. I'm not talking about dropping a dollar in the offering plate at church or throwing a buck or two to the homeless guy on the corner. I'm talking about giving amounts that you really feel. The kind of giving that means that you'll have to do without. Or maybe giving of yourself, your time, your attention, your priorities. Is this sounding hard? Keep listening. I've got some good news at the end. In the book Run with the Heroes, Eugene Peterson writes about seeing a family of birds teaching the young to fly. Three young swallows were perched on a dead branch that stretched out over a lake. One adult swallow got alongside the chicks and started shoving them out toward the end of the branch, pushing and pushing and pushing. The one on the end fell off. Somewhere between the branch and the water four feet below, the wings started working, and the fledgling was off on his own. Then the second one. The third now, well, he was not to be bullied. At the last possible moment, his grip on the branch loosened just enough so that he swung downward, and then he tightened again, bulldog tenacious. The parent was without sentiment. He pecked at the desperately clinging talons until it was now more painful for the poor chick to hang on than risk the insecurities of flying. The grip was released, and the inexperienced wings began pumping. The mature swallow knew what the chick did not, that it would fly, that there was no danger in making it do what it was perfectly designed to do. Birds have feet and they can walk. Birds have talons, and they can grasp a branch securely. They can walk, they can cling. But flying is their characteristic action, and not until they fly are they living at their best, gracefully and beautifully. Now here's the thing. Giving is what we do best. It is in the air into which we were born. It is the action that was designed into us before we were born. Some of us try desperately to hold on to ourselves, to live for ourselves. We look so bedraggled and pathetic doing it, hanging on to the dead branch of a bank account for dear life, afraid to risk ourselves on the untried wings of giving. We don't think we can live generously because we've never tried. But the sooner we start, the better. For we are going to have to give up our lives finally, right? And the longer we wait, the less time we have for the soaring and swooping life of grace. You see, I told you I had good news. Check this out. We are made in the image of God, right? Listen, the Bible tells us that God is love. It doesn't say that God loves, but that God is love. It is his very being. Love is not something he does. It is something he is. And because he is love, he gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. His nature is to give. 
So it is in us to give too. It was built into us. We are made to give because we're made in the image of God. But like those little birds who were afraid to fly because they had not yet flown, we are afraid to give because we have not yet given. I've got a confession to make. Actually, I've talked about this on the show before, so if you've been around for a while, please forgive the rerun. It'll only take a minute. I used to be really stingy with my church giving. Now, before you get all excited, before you think that I'm trying to make you know lay some guilt trip on you for not giving to your church, that's not what this is about. I'm only telling you this because it happened to me. It's my story. I don't know what God wants you to do with your money, so I'm not trying to tell you. I'm just telling this to you because... It's something that God spoke to me about, okay? So, I was stingy. I rationalized my stinginess in a couple of ways. I used to say, I can't afford to give more. Or I would say, I give my time, so that should count for something. And I said, tithing is Old Testament and we're not living under the law. And a few other excuses. The more I rationalized, the more I built a case that I wasn't required to tithe, the more I was actually building a wall between myself and the ability to go deeper. It's not really that the tithe was necessarily important to God because, let's face it, God doesn't need my money. The problem was my attitude. It was as if I was saying, this is mine. Uh Uh-huh, mine, right? Mine? (laughs) Okay, so about 15 or so years ago, I came to a point in my development as a believer that God really challenged me. Finances were tight, and I lived in a very small world. You know what I mean? I didn't have many people in my life and almost no effectiveness in bringing the message of hope, love, and good news to the few people that were in my tiny little circle. God's challenge was this. He said, tithe, not because you have to, but because I'm asking you to. Not because I need it, but because you need it. Do it faithfully, do it willingly, and see what happens. Now listen, I'm not the kind of person who's going to say that God wants you to have monetary wealth. I think you know me well enough to know that I don't preach that, and I'm not going to start now, but let me tell you what happened in our lives since I gave up my stinginess. And really, it's it's more a matter of God seeing an obedient heart than it is the money. I really believe that. But here are the changes in our lives since we began giving from a place of obedience. First of all, my world has expanded beyond belief. Me talking to you right now is an example of that. I mean, come on. The fact that I'm sitting here in Riverside, California, and you're there where you are, how amazing is that that God has enabled us to meet this way? And if you're one of the many people who have contacted me via email or the comment line, which is toll-free, 877-433-9091, call now. (laughs) Or if you've uh, contacted me through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, then you've helped to expand my world even bigger. Now, you might say, well, come on, Steve, you mean to tell me that you're podcasting today because you decided to tithe to your church? Give me a break. Well, I think that I'm doing this show today because I decided to obey God's call to me to give up my selfish control of, quote, my things, unquote. My willingness to obey there may have been a factor that God looked at when he called me to do LifeSpring. Financially, Leanne and I still struggle at times. We're far from rich, monetarily speaking. But we do live in a nice home in a nice area. Um, One of our cars is nice. Our work van needs to be replaced, but we're unable to do that right now because I'm insisting that some other things happen first. The point is this. I'm not saying to give because God will make you rich monetarily. I am saying that if giving is a problem for you, you might think about going deeper. Search your heart. 
Is God calling you to trust him with more of, quote, your things, unquote? The good news is this. It really is a part of our nature to give. If it feels foreign to you, it's because you haven't exercised your wings yet. Once you let go of the branch, you'll see that giving is fun, it's rewarding, and it allows you to come even closer to God. Go deeper. Have you ever thought about anything outrageous? Has your mind ever wandered someplace else but here? And do you wonder what provokes the thoughts that you are thinking? Have you thought about the truth you hold and what it's rooted in? sick of you? Do you want out? Are you caught up in something? There is knowledge apart from Mars that needs to be embraced. We fill our lives with so many things that make us feel good. Though our needs are met, there's still emptiness. This is not the end. I'm crying out. Can't you see? Rachel Keggy with more of me found on the Podsafe Music Network. (music) 
So what's new for next year? The LifeSpring Family Bible is going to be in reruns, which is going to free up some of my time. It's going to give me a little bit of a vacation, which is good. This has been a very long year. Um, But I am going to start a new show. I alluded on the last show in LifeSpring number 154, something about end time stuff. And uh, that's, that's what the new show is going to be. It's going to be a video show, and it's going to be on the book of Revelation and the end times. I'm having a difficult time coming up with a good descriptive title, something that uh, will really grab people's attention as they're going through the different directories. And I would like to ask you for your suggestion. What should the title of the LifeSpring show on End Times be? I have some ideas, but I really want to get your input. So what do you think? Send your suggestion to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Or you can call them in at the listener comment line, toll-free at 877-433-9091. Let's have some fun with this. And then also the other shows that have kind of fallen by the wayside this last year are going to be picked up again. I'll be doing In Touch with God's Character again. I'll be doing the hymn stories on a more regular basis, and so on and so forth. Leanne's show, Your Wedding Your Way, is going to become a partly video show, so that's going to be fun. I've already got some of that stuff, some of the rough footage for the first episode in the can. So hang around. We've got a lot of fun things happening in the LifeSpring Media family. This last weekend, I took the kids and Leanne to the Grand Canyon. We rode the train and uh, had a great time there. Got some good video, and I'll be putting some of that video out on the LifeSpring.tv feed, so be looking for that. The kids are out of school all this week, so we're spending some good time with them. Before I go, I wanted to read this to you. This came to me from my good friend Steve Gray. I'll read this to you, then we'll get out of here. This is called The Uninvited Guest. We had just finished our Thanksgiving feast when there came a knock at the door. My family was in Indiana visiting relatives for the holiday, and I ran from the dinner table to answer the door. Swinging open the door, I found a woman wearing a big old threadbare coat with a raggedy scarf. Her gloves were mismatched, and her hat had a hole in it. Her skin was scaly and dry, and her eyes drooped, and her wrinkled mouth spoke. "'I know your grandmother,' she said. "'Is she here?' "'Oh, no, she isn't,' I answered. "'Last summer I did some yard work for her, and she paid me,' the woman announced." I'm homeless and I'm very hungry. Do you have any spare money? Please come in and wait here, I suggested. Leaving her at the front door, I sprinted to the bedroom and grabbed my purse. I returned to hand her a $10 bill. Tears streamed down her face as she hugged me. Thank you, she mumbled. While I was wrapped in her arms, the memory of a recent sermon flashed through my mind. At a camp meeting, one of the speakers disguised himself as a beggar and mingled with the camp meeting staff during the course of the week. Because he was painful to see and offensive to smell, the attendants mistreated the beggar and fled from his odor. Revealing himself at the end of the week, the speaker preached a sermon based on Matthew 25, 34 and 35, which says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Seeing the old woman as my opportunity to do something for the Lord, I excitedly offered her some of our recent meal. We still had a whole table spread with food, and she had none. Leading her into the kitchen where my relatives still lounged lazily with full bellies, I seated her at the table and began preparing her plate. Do you like potatoes, I asked. 
Would you like a roll? One or two? As I worked, I noticed the room emptying. One by one, my relatives slipped into the living room. Soon, my guest and I were the only ones in the kitchen. Wanting her to feel comfortable, I began asking her questions to get to know her. What's your name? Where are you from? What was your last job? Where's your family? Do you like pumpkin pie? We talked while she ate. When she finished, she stood up, put on her old coat, hat, scarf, and mismatched gloves. Thank you so much. I haven't eaten in days. Thank you. My father used to say that when he was a child, he could remember being so hungry that he couldn't see. I didn't understand that until I was much older. Thank you for returning my sight. I ushered the woman to the door and waved goodbye. Closing the door, I turned to face my family, turned jury. The verdict was guilty. How could you do that? asked my aunt. She could have been a scout for robbers, screeched a cousin. This neighborhood isn't what it used to be, added my older sister. You shouldn't let strangers into your grandmother's home, joined in another relative. The inquisition continued until tears streamed down my face and I fled from the room. Exactly one year later, Thanksgiving found us again celebrating in my grandmother's home. After another banquet, my sister Kay and I stood at the sink washing dishes. Do you remember the homeless woman who came to the house last year, Mary? asked Kay. Yes, was all I said, not wanting to dredge up terrible memories. Wouldn't it be funny if she came back again? No, I thought to myself. It wouldn't be funny, not at all. Minutes later, from the kitchen window, we spotted this same woman returning to our house. This time, instead of running to the front door, I ran to the bedroom to hide. I didn't want the woman to see me, and I wasn't willing to risk my family's anger again by helping her. Instead, Kay answered the door. Hello? No, I'm sorry, but we don't have any money. Goodbye. Nine years have passed, but I still vividly remember that Thanksgiving day when my family's reproaches overcame my desire to serve God by helping that poor woman. In my first encounter with the woman, I energetically reacted to the message of a recent sermon. But rather than face the family jury again, I hid instead of helping her. My experience withered like the plants in Jesus' parable of the seed and the soil, because the roots weren't deep enough. A time will come when all our roots will be tested. Jesus described the persecution of the end of time, when he said, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. When we're tested, will we stand up for what is right or shrink from potential pain? Will our beliefs have strong and deep roots or shallow ones? Let's prepare our hearts to be fertile ground with deep roots. Let's be ready to stand up for life's uninvited guests. And that was by Mary Mullins. Well, on this Thanksgiving Eve, my thanks go first to God. He is faithful. He has made a way to forgive me when I fall short. He has given me life. I'm thankful to Him for the opportunity to know you and to speak to you. I'm thankful for a wife who's given so much of what should have been our time together to do these 720-plus shows. Thank you for being there, for inviting me into your life. I've come to know so many of you, and I truly do think of you as friends and extended family. It's an honor to know you. As we go forward from here, let's all go deeper with Jesus. Let's go deeper with God. And let's be more giving, not just with our money, 
but with ourselves as well. Until next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. LifeSpring Media, bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. 